0: If you're listening to our pod, I'm going to assume you have an interest in the social sciences, so you might be keen to know about Social Sciences Week, occurring every September from the 5th to the 12th of September this year. It offers exciting in-person and online events from a wide range of universities and organizations, including topics on climate change, psychology, education, and so much more. Honestly, there is something for everyone, secondary school students, anyone with an interest in the social sciences and academics as well. The week is officially supported by RMIT University. Visit socialsciencesweek.org.au to see their events and many more. When you think back to your childhood, who do you remember spent the most time doing the day-to-day care? Not the fun stuff. I mean the rest of it. Stuff like feeding you, laundry, getting you to and from school. Every family is different, but the most common answer to that question, historically, would be mum. But in 2022, is that beginning to change?
1: Our research suggests that this is where real change is occurring and younger fathers, younger men really do want to participate and at least have some opportunity to share the care with their partners.
0: Marion Baird is a Professor of Gender and Employment Relations in the Discipline of Work and Organisation Studies at the University of Sydney Business School. She's also a Fellow of the Academy of the Social Sciences in Australia. A couple of years ago, her team did a study asking working Australians aged between 16 and 40 what they saw as important for their future success at work and as working parents.
1: One of the most interesting ones to me is that we found that young men with a child or married and expecting a child were willing and wanting to share the care almost as equally as their female partners were. So we said we can see a convergence of expectations between young male and female parents
0: that definitely reflects the attitudes of men that i know particularly the younger ones
2: my daughter is nearly three years old now and i currently spend a day a week at home with her my wife and i always had an idea of spending as much time at home with her as possible and that i too wanted to to spend uh, a few days at home with her Um, My wife went back to work after six months, and from that time, I've always had two or three days at home with her until recently.
0: Tom owns a small business, which makes it easier for him to set his schedule around caring for his daughter. But it also meant working on weekends to catch up. But not every dad or secondary carer can get the
1: parental leave that they want to take. Having access to paid parental leave childcare and flexibility at work, in that order, were the three most important workplace supports. And we really see this as a major shift. Those men who have got that idea in their head about having a family or have one child are really starting to say, yes, I want to work and care for my children. That is a
0: big shift from the Australia that I grew up in. But is parental leave policy keeping up with the changing attitudes? It's been more than a decade
1: since Australians got a paid parental leave scheme. That scheme introduced by the Labor Party in 2010 represented a very significant shift in the work and family policy base in Australia. And I don't think the impact of the introduction of that scheme should be underestimated. At the time, the introduction of the Paid Parental Leave Act filled a major gap in our policy framework and provided for over 50% of women in the workforce who previously had no access to any paid parental leave provided them with 18 weeks albeit at the national minimum wage. But prior to that, there was nothing for those women. So it really represented a major step forward, or as we say, a giant leap. But so little has changed since then that
0: Professor Marion Baird says that giant leap looks more like baby steps.
1: A scheme like that is probably never perfect. And if we look around the world, we see that parental leave schemes are currently and constantly under review. They're not static schemes, they're dynamic. They respond to the changes in our understandings of our gender relations, of expectations of employers and governments, and the changing demographics in our workforces and populations. Uh, So what do I mean by the baby steps that have happened since then? Well, for about 10 years, almost nothing happened.
0: This is Seriously Social, I'm Ginger Gorman. And 12 years on from the introduction of government-funded paid parental leave, who's left holding the baby? in Australia a primary caregiver can access 18 weeks or 90 days paid leave within the first 12 months of the birth or adoption of their child it's means tested which means you're not eligible if you make more than about $156,000 a year and you have to meet a work test which essentially means you have to have worked at least 1 day a week for 10 of the 13 months leading up to the birth or adoption A lot of corporate, public service and NGO employers also offer around three months paid leave, which people can claim on top of the government leave scheme. So there are a lot of parents in Australia who can stay at home for at least the first six months of their baby's life.
1: Approximately 50% of Australian women now will have access to two forms of paid parental leave. One will be the government scheme and the other, their employer scheme.
0: Then again, there are still a lot of parents in Australia who don't have access to paid time to bond with their child. And a lot of
1: those parents are fathers. There was one quite important change in 2012, which commenced then in 2013, and that was the introduction through the amendment to the scheme of the dad and partner pay provisions. And they provide fathers and same-sex partners with two weeks of parental leave pay at the national minimum wage. And that was an important addition, but as we'll come back to, hasn't really achieved what perhaps it set out to do.
0: The dad and partner pay set out to give dads and secondary carers time to bond with their newborn and help the primary carer, who in most cases is the birth mother. That's what Tom, our self-employed dad, we heard from earlier, did. And after that, he was on his own.
2: Yeah, I had the two weeks paid parental leave at home, uh, but once that ended, any extra time I took off work was uh, coming out of wages. So for me, as a uh, self-employed, I if I had enough in the bank, I could cover those wages. But I suppose for an uh, employee's point of view, or you know, if I if the business had a slow month or a slow two months, then it would have been a lot trickier to cover my wage and I might not have been able to spend that time at home.
0: Tom's observation is that dads aren't encouraged or perhaps even expected to share the load equally. He sees paid parental leave as a way of helping dads become more hands-on parents.
2: So almost like they start on the bench. When the mums have the, have the time off work and extended time off work, Sometimes I feel like the, the dads are just kind of on the bench and it's, you need something to get yourself get yourself more involved. It's, I think it's quite easy to fall into the habit of primary caregiver and, and the person who, and the partner who works. I think that's quite an easy scenario to fall into.
0: The paid parental leave scheme and the dad and partner pay create a clear division of labor. It reinforces the idea that in every two-parent family, there is a primary caregiver and a secondary caregiver.
1: First of all, in Australia, we are currently having quite a debate amongst businesses, employers, unions, parents around the language of primary and secondary carer. And that notion of a secondary carer sets up this idea that the father, usually, is not as important in the care. And we can see that coming through in the design of the scheme. The other aspect of the scheme is that that two weeks signals really time to help the mother and the new baby settle immediately after the birth. And that came through really strongly in our interviews with parents um, during the review of the paid parental leave scheme. So it's not really two weeks signalling that, yes, you're involved in the ongoing upbringing and care of this child, but you are involved in helping them, the new mother and baby settle. And I think that's really one problem with the current design, if you
0: like. It is probably no surprise to learn that the countries with the most equitable
1: schemes are in Northern Europe. In the Scandinavian countries, where there's much more emphasis on working out how do we enable both parents to share in the care of babies and infants, there are much longer periods of leave for both parents. It's usually set aside um, a portion for each parent. And there's also an incentive. If they both use that leave, the family unit gets more leave. So we're not really there in Australia in terms of the federal scheme at this stage.
0: Because often laws are setting community expectations around a particular issue. And to me, like when I was taking maternity leave around my babies and my then husband was only able to take two weeks, that's the community expectations saying That's the only role dad needs to have here. Dad can then go back to work and do his, inverted commas, proper job. The baby's
1: your job. Mm, That's right. Now, I think laws are very important for um, setting national norms, if you like, or expectations, and particularly the paid parental leave scheme. Because we hadn't had anything before, it really put a new marker in the ground. Um, So that, that sense of, first of all, it was only for mothers, Or the primary carer, and then later we added two weeks for fathers, did set up this notion of well, are fathers really as important to the, um, that early period of a baby's life? Having said that, I also think we have to remember this is a government scheme and it's funded from general revenue. And that does make us different from many of the European and Scandinavian countries where the funding comes from social insurance schemes. So there is that sort of caveat that we have a different funding model and the Australian scheme was always designed with employers in mind as well. What are
0: the structural barriers that prevent primarily dads from having a bigger role in caring
1: for their kids in those very early years? There are two parts to that answer, really. One is the parental leave scheme itself, and we've talked about that. The structure of that scheme doesn't really encourage or enable fathers or partners to take a long period of leave. The other side is the workplace itself, and in the workplace, we can see quite strong structural barriers although there are changes occurring. But on the whole, um, and what we found in our research when we were reviewing the use of the scheme, employers are not yet ready to provide long periods of leave for fathers or partners. They're quite open to the two weeks around the birth, but not for a longer period of leave. And from their point of view, business operations Or the way in which the business is run is not set up to enable those long periods of leaves by fathers as yet.
0: So it's hard to convince employers to give men access to parental leave. And when it comes to expanding a taxpayer-funded scheme, it's also hard to convince the people who will never use the scheme. Sometimes it's a side-eye coming from colleagues who think of your two days off a week as a long weekend. And we've all heard cranky talkback callers saying people choose to have children and why should my taxes pay for blah, 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 blah. The thing is, paid parental leave is about the collective, not just the individual.
1: This is quite a critical question that we used to get asked a lot, but seems to have dropped off the agenda lately. Um, The main reason is to say that if, as a a society, we want women and men to be able to work and to care, not just because we believe that in terms of equality reasons, but also economic reasons, then we need to provide um, policies that enable that to happen. And parental leave is one of those key policies. Without women's engagement as parents in the workforce, um, the Australian labour market will be smaller, the country will be poorer. Without parental leave that provides some ability for women and men to form families, the Australian population will not grow. And in fact, we are in a little bit of a period at the moment where where fertility rates are very low. And we are looking at stagnant um, or declining workforce size. So these are critical issues, not just for us as individuals, but they are, it is an issue that we all have to think about if we want our own country to prosper and grow. It strikes me that
0: so far, this conversation has been about the impact of paid parental leave on parents And when you're trying to convince governments and, by extension, voters to supplement the wages of both lower and middle income earners just because they want to start a family, I can see why not everyone is on board. But what if we look at it as a benefit paid to the child?
3: It is good for parents, um, but it particularly benefits the babies themselves, um, providing them with a, a really solid start.
0: Sam Page is the CEO of Early Childhood Australia.
3: We know that paid parental leave works, so there a lot of public policy is a bit of a guessing game. You know, we can put things out there, but we don't know whether they're going to be taken up. Whereas what we found when we introduced paid parental leave is that it immediately extended the time that parents stayed at home with their babies. This was the desired effect of the policy.
0: The return to work is somewhat delayed during the first few months, but not in the long run. A 2014 review of the paid parental leave by the University of Queensland found that the scheme's main effect is that mothers who otherwise would have returned to work in
3: months 1 to
0: 3 now return in months 4 to 6.
3: So, we know when we make paid parental leave available to parents in Australia, they take it, they use it, they'll they'll stay at home and give that time to their children And, and that's really important to have a public policy that we know works. We also know that that impact was most pronounced amongst families on lower incomes, mothers with lower levels of education, and parents who had been on uh, casual contracts before their baby was born. And so we we know that we're really helping the families where children might be at risk of longer term educational disadvantage um, by providing those parents with the opportunity to stay at home and spend that time with their children.
0: How does it benefit babies to have a parent at home in those first few months.
3: The development of a secure attachment between the child and its parents or carers in that time immediately following birth in those early, early months is really critical for long-term health and well-being. When we get that right and we strengthen families, we know those children are likely to have less health and mental health issues um, long-term, more likely to Uh, make a smooth transition into education, more likely to continue and and finish their education. Uh, And that's in everybody's interest, right? So everybody benefits, not just the child themselves, not just the family, but the whole of society. And that pays dividends. According to the Grattan Institute,
0: a 26-week paid parental leave scheme paid at the minimum wage, one that is shared evenly between co-parents, who cost the government around $600 million a year. But the increased workforce participation by primary parents would add $900 million a year to GDP.
3: We also know that we've got um, l- relatively low workforce participation amongst women uh, with children in Australia. So uh, workforce participation for women is uh, currently at around 74% compared to 82% for men. Uh, so, and and yet we have the most educated uh, population of women that we've ever had. So we have more women graduating university, more women um, working in, you know, um, the workforce before they have children and yet we're not getting workforce participation uh, matching men after uh, children come along. And that's a problem for all of us. So it means for the women themselves they're uh, compromised in terms of their lifetime earnings and their superannuation. So women are likely to retire with less superannuation than men, um, likely to be less financially um, independent or or financially settled by the time they retire. They're more likely to spend more time in casual and part-time work despite being just as well-educated and just as experienced in the workforce prior to having children. So we have an interest in equalising that, I think. As a society, we have an interest in equalising workforce participation.
0: And Sam Page says when families have an opportunity to share the parental responsibilities more evenly, that also pays dividends
3: there are three really good reasons for this. One is that it allows both parents to form a strong bond with the baby and that's important. It also establishes a a pattern of shared responsibility for children from the early months, which is important too, particularly if we're aiming to equalise workforce participation between men and women. So both parents taking responsibility and taking time out of their career to spend time with the child is important. And it means that both parents can balance the time they spend with the child with their retaining a workforce connection. So if both parents make use of paid parental leave, then both parents can re-establish their connection to the workforce and gradually return to work rather than that being one parent has to stay at home all of the time while the other parent has to work full-time. That's really not ideal for either parent or for the child.
0: So how do we convince employers that giving new parents access to extended leave or part-time work is worth it? A bit of empathy helps.
2: But I think because I'd I'd just been through it recently, it gave me a a much different perspective uh, as an employer. When someone came to me uh, wanting some time off after their firstborn was in the world, then I looked at it through a a different lens that I wanted to give as much support as possible to help him stay at home for as as long as he could and as long as the family felt comfortable with.
0: But ultimately, we need policies to achieve legitimate change, even if those policies aren't coming from lawmakers.
1: What we are seeing in Australia, in the absence of any government leadership on this for a decade, we're seeing some of the private corporates really stepping up to the mark. But I have to say, these are those companies who want to attract skilled workers and who want to retain those workers, and who are often working in highly profitable sectors. And those companies are starting to introduce policies which do provide equally for um, mothers or fathers or partners. And what's interesting there is that they have abandoned that differentiation between primary and secondary carer they've made their parental leave policies available to all, they're paid at replacement wages, which is a huge difference, and they're often for quite long periods of time. And when that is introduced, those companies are seeing their males, the males who work in them, use the policy. So we do know that if you change the policy, behaviour will change.
0: Can you give me an example of a company that's doing, or even companies that are doing that kind of work?
1: Yes. For example, Telstra has been one of the leaders in 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 making their policy much more generous and opening it up to men and women or same-sex partners in the company and they have seen a huge uplift amongst their especially their the fathers within the company in using that scheme. But that is a lot more accessible to a company like Telstra than, say, your local pizza shop. That's right. And so we know, look, we know from the research that um, the provision of paid parental leave is segregated, if you like. There's the top end of the market, those companies. I mentioned Telstra, but there are a host of others, often in the consulting, the big four, the accounting firms, who are able to provide that. The university sector um, does provide very generous leave, but not all universities provide it for equally for both parents. And we are currently seeing some debates around that at the moment. So it tends to be a sectoral approach where you see this more generous and equal sharing of parental leave provisions.
0: Recently, the country's largest employer, the New South Wales state government, introduced a scheme that looks a lot like it could have come straight from a Scandinavian country like Finland.
1: Yes, so this is one that maybe is a slight surprise for many people. But in New South Wales, the government, the the New South Wales state government recently introduced changes to their parental leave for public servants. So it's not for the not for everyone who lives in New South Wales but their public service. Now that is a huge group of people. What they're the biggest employer in Australia and I think the southern hemisphere covers all their teachers, firefighters, ambulance, health, etc. Now in the past those public servants had access to 14 weeks for the primary carer. What the government has introduced is 14 weeks for each parent plus 2 weeks if both parents share the care. So we're seeing a little more of a touch of that Scandinavian model coming into the New South Wales government model. And I think that will be a space to watch for two reasons. One, we may see other states starting to replicate, follow the lead of the New South Wales government and introduce those provisions for their own public servants. We saw that happen about a decade and a bit ago, when they all started to increase the leave they provided. But it also sets a new benchmark for the private sector to now consider this form of model. But there are many firms, small businesses or medium-sized businesses, who don't have that extra surplus or that cultural awareness or ability to provide that extra leave. And for that reason, the government scheme is critical. It does provide a baseline. With
0: this groundswell for change that's coming from the corporate sector, from the early childhood sector and from the secondary carers themselves, where do we see the policy in another 10 years?
1: Look, I think parental leave is one of those policies that I mean it's why I love researching it because it's it is always changing. And as I said at the beginning, it's not a static policy and what we're seeing happening in Australia is really what we see happen around the world. There's constant discussion about these policies and remember there are other factors that are starting to play in. Workforce shortages put a lot of pressure on us to want more women in the paid workforce. We also have declining fertility rates. So these two issues plus ageing populations, that combination means governments are looking for policies that will stimulate workforce engagement and stimulate population growth. So um, we do need to think about policies that enable that to happen. Thanks for listening to
0: CoC Social. I'm Ginger Gorman. If you're enjoying the podcast, one of the best ways to support us is to subscribe. And if you listen through Apple Podcasts, drop a review in there for us as well. We love reading them and it helps other people find us. Seriously Social is produced by Kim Lester, engineered by Mark Gargledonk, aka Baldy, and executive produced by Sue White and Bonnie Johnson. It's an initiative of the Academy of the Social Sciences in Australia. Next time... How does climate change impact the finances of everyday Australians? And don't forget about Social Sciences Week from the 5th to the 12th of September. A week-long series of events offering insight into the impact of the social sciences on our lives. Visit socialsciencesweek.org.au for more.